Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the new Utah podcast, episode number four. We are well on our way. <laughs> four episodes, and, and we've uh, already lost Josh. Yeah, one one podcaster down uh, on a trip in Europe, uh, living the high life in France and England, and back landed in England today. He's there for a day or two, then off to France. Who needs him? Who needs him? Yeah, it's a hard life he lives for it sure. Is. For sure. Uh, well, I'm Chris. I'm your uh, podcast host for the evening or morning or whenever the hell you listen to this podcast. Uh, I am a transplant to Utah, but I love this state. Um, to my left is uh, Jeremy. Yes, Jeremy. That is me. Uh, also a transplant to Utah. Love this crazy, crazy state we live in. There's a lot of good, a lot of bad, and we try to cover it all. And next to me is Jess. Take it away, Jess. I have actually also lived outside of Utah, so I wanted to be cool like you guys. Uh, (laughs) Resident event knower and just all around me. And Jess uh, helped us prepare a little bit more this week. She uh, printed out all the news stories, so we're not trying to stare at a computer screen across the room that Josh is busy looking at other things on. In fact, it's my computer screen today, so... So the level of professionalism has gone up two notches. Uh, at least two notches. If not three. At least two notches. We still have Josh. If he listens to this as Jeremy bangs around <laughs> his glass, uh, then uh, he might be jealous. We'll see. We'll Listen, see. we don't have the peppermints, so... It's true. I don't have eyes. candy wrappers to rattle Josh everywhere. won't be eating candy into the microphone tonight. <laughs> and no, Mr. Pickle's dying on the microphone. Um, has happened a couple weeks ago. Um... Instead, what we have is our normal format. We'll talk about a Kickstarter that we found locally here in Utah. The new Utah podcast is all about Utah. The fun stuff, the stuff you don't necessarily think of when you think of Utah. And maybe you don't care, but you're listening, so you get to listen. Or maybe you just really love to back Kickstarters, and we found some cool ones. Yeah. So we'll start there. Uh, The Kickstarter for this week is called Velks. Velks. V-E-L-K-S. Velcro shoes. I need all of these. For the modern man. <laughs> and woman, maybe. They do look great. Uh, so it is a local Utah company uh, founded by a guy that went to BYU and a guy that went to Weber State, it looks like. Um, so let's be honest. The initial thought, Chris and I were, were over here laughing. But when we actually started to watch the video, we will admit, I will admit, they are actually some pretty cool looking shoes. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a great video in terms of you know, the, the sound profile, the quality, it's professionally done, or at least semi-professionally done. Um, you know, they use uh, the sound from their shoes uh, in the video uh, to make the background music, so to speak. Who doesn't love that Velcro sound? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a really well done video. Um, they are looking for a $20,000 goal. They're about a quarter of the way there, and they only have eight days to go. So. The- Projections. If we pop over to our uh, projections, uh, sadly on KickTrack, sadly it's not looking good. They're only at uh, just over five, well five and a half thousand right now. They're looking for twenty, uh, according to KickTracks. 
they're only going to make about 8,000. So according to this, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, they did get a quick boost, and it stayed pretty consistent if you look kind of down here at this graph. Uh, so they really haven't had a whole lot of people look to invest in this. Um, but as we kind of look through the Kickstarter, you know, some of the things that uh, really kind of hurt this Kickstarter, I think, are the placement of the images inside the Kickstarter. So you get the video right up top as per normal with Kickstarter. Not a lot of explanation, uh, a lot of marketing, um, which is kind of disappointing. You don't get any kind of explanation on what they're trying to kickstart. Uh, other than they just want money for their cool shoes. That, um, we, we, let's be honest, we want to see the grandmas in the sweatshop making these things. We yeah. want to see where they're coming from. <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't see where that's mentioned anywhere inside yeah. of it. Uh, so as we kind of scroll down, you get their logo. There's a lot of branding on this page. You get some nice images of their shoes, which if you click on over to their website, those are all the same images reused. So one thing that we noticed right off the bat is um, <clears throat> their delivery date is July, which, well, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it's June right now. In fact, it's the end of June right now. Yeah, their Kickstarter is scheduled to end on the 29th, which means they're going to be delivering the very next month. That says to me they already have these shoes. They already have them in stock and manufactured. So what are they really looking for in terms yeah, would, of Kickstarter funds? They would have to because most Kickstarters that do not have the product, they're talking about a delivery date typically three to six months. Yeah, and some even further. Something like shoes, uh, even if all the design work was done and prototypes were done, my guess is you're looking at six to nine months if they're right. being if, done if, overseas. If it has not been produced. So if they're looking to ship next month, that tells us that they already have the product in hand. So the question becomes... What's the point, what's the purpose, and what's their reasoning in going through Kickstarter? Well, I think it's a sales pitch. Um, based on the way the, the goals are laid out, it's really just uh, pay this much, get this type of shoe in whatever color you want. Their website has the ability to order the shoes for the exact same pricing. Right. Um, my guess is one of two things. It's either just a marketing ploy to drive sales on existing stock, or they're trying to get some money for additional designs. They do say that they're going to send off another round of manufacturing in September. This could be a, a ploy to get that going. Right in their video, they make a small statement, and I'm not sure if it's on purpose. I, I would guess it's on purpose, but they make a statement that says, we want you to design our next shoe. So I don't. But, however, you go through the Kickstarter, and if it's spelled out in there, I, that are... Really not so it does say in their deliverables that uh, August or in their timeline August they're going to send out an online survey to their backers to find out what they want to see. So maybe that's it? So that's probably it. They'll have final design of course. Um, but uh, yeah really it's not a bad Kickstarter but it's definitely not going to make it. Um, it's pretty good for marketing and anyone that's backing certainly can go buy those shoes right. from their website. I like the shoes personally. The, even the dress shoes while they sound kind of silly to do Velcro dress shoes, they actually look really nice. Well, and what, you know, one thing that we've talked about many times before with Kickstarters, if, if you look at, at their bio, they've backed nothing. This is their first one. So what that says is that's somebody with a little bit of savvy who's heard a little bit about Kickstarter and is like, hey, let's throw it out there. But they're not part of the community. And, and one thing we've talked about many times before, if you're not part of the community, it is difficult 
to, to come in, especially with something like this, because all you look like is a salesperson. You don't look like you're part of the community. Yeah, and you certainly don't get the shares and, and the viralness that comes with being part of the community. That's really the drive of being part of the community. Even if folks just donate a dollar or five dollars to a, a particular campaign, if they like it and they think it's cool, it's just not for them, they share it. Yeah. across their social networks, and that's what really well, drives interest. One more thing, as silly as it may sound, their smallest pledge is $5. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm telling you, you want a dollar pledge because there are a lot of people who, who go down the list, and for whatever reason, they'll they'll pledge a dollar to 20 different Kickstarters just to be part of it, just to... There's a lot of people, and this is key if you want to start a Kickstarter campaign... I recommend you go into Kickstarter and donate a dollar to a lot of different projects that you like. That's how you become part of the community. You don't necessarily get a reward other than, hey, 20 bucks down the line, you now look like you've backed a bunch of projects. Well, and that's the thing. And, and once you've backed a project, you have access to that to that project. You see things that other people don't. It opens up the website more to you. But it gives you the opportunity to say, hey, I've backed 20 of you. Look, I have a Kickstarter of my own. Would you at least take a look at it? Exactly. Exactly. So all in all, a good product. Uh, an okay Kickstarter. I kind of feel sad that they're not going to make it, but at this point, unless, unless they... Unless they cough up the money themselves or a miracle happens, it doesn't look like they're going to make it. But I don't think it's the end of the road for these guys. Uh, no. And the shoes are cool. I think Jess is probably going to buy like 12 of them. Um, that's six pair for those of you that don't understand how shoes work. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have one for each foot, just so you know. But you could mix and match. I'm just going to play devil's advocate. I think it's really cool that we have people that are manufacturing these shoes in Utah. Are they manufacturing in Utah? Maybe. See, they don't, don't tell us that. And that's not clear when I was looking at their site either. Uh, so they're coming from Guatemala. we should reach out. They could be coming from a Pakistani sweatshop. We don't know. <laughs> I take my comment back. <laughs> but, but... It go, is local. It, it, it is designed cool here. Out. However, yes, they're, they're a local company, and that is cool. All right. Well, I think we're done with Kickstarter for today, and I think it's time to probably move on. Uh, Jess, what kind of events are coming up this week? We're getting close to the 4th of July, I know, but there's still a few things going on this weekend. There are. Enlighten us. <laughs> um, most important, I feel, is the Warriors over Wasatch, which is the air show Oh yeah. up at Hill Air Force Base. Isn't it free or part it of it is free? free? Nope, the whole thing is free. It's Saturday and Sunday. Um, the schedule is the exact same each day, uh, subject to change due to pilots and weather. Um, oh, we're calling for good weather. Just supposed to be hot. Yeah, hot um, and dry. Hot they, as hell. So they suggest uh, the gates open at eight o'clock both uh, Saturday and Sunday, and they do suggest to be there early. Um, there's two parking lots. One has a shuttle. One's walkable. And isn't the main parking lot closed? Isn't the main Hill Air Force Base parking lot? I'm not sure. The, Close to construction. The, the entrance is on the west side. You can either get to it from Clearfield or from Roy. Um, a neat thing about this year, the Thunderbirds are back. Um, they are flying even after their tragedy that happened last month. Um, they're also doing um, some land racing uh, with a, a jet car and a biplane. Fun. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And... 
Um, they'll also be doing just like displays. You can walk around and look at the planes a lot closer. B-52s, they're going to have... Well, plus Hill Air Force Base has their museum that's open, so you can take the do, time to wander through that. They do, but they have, they have a... That's a little bit... Um, not as cool. Uh, they have different planes. <laughs> they have different planes. I mean, it's cool if you're yeah. into aircraft. The museum at Hill is, is really it cool. Is. But the stuff they're going to bring in for the air show is stuff that you don't get to see normally up there. They're, they're actually, for me, this is the first time I've been since I was uh, almost one. Um, oh, wow. I was actually, no, I was actually just looking at the picture because I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like my dad and I recreated the picture that we took? I really don't think that that's going to happen. <laughs> um they're having a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. They're doing a heritage flight up there, which means that they're bringing out a P-51 Mustang, F-35 Heritage, wow. and they started that in 1997 for the 50th anniversary of the Air Force, and it's just to commemorate the planes that flew in World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam That's War. That's really and cool. That's really cool. It is just... It's going to be an emotional day for me because I really feel very proudly about things like that. What's, so. <laughs> uh, do you know the costs on, on and, and all of that? Free. Everything's free. Okay. They'll but, have food trucks. Please bring chairs. That's not free. Yeah, there's a, yeah that's not free. <laughs> there's a lot of restrictions. Um, it's, you, I you are going on to a military base. Security yeah. is very tight getting into those bases. Um, in an event like this, it's going to be amped up because there's a lot of people nearby. Don't be stupid. Don't take things onto the base that you don't need to. Leave your guns at home. Leave Coolers. your knives at home. You don't need them at home. <laughs> There's stuff there. You're getting in for free. Uh, you know, support the troops. Support the vendors that are there helping out. Um, and buy stuff there. They have an amazing app, too. It's the Warriors um, over Wasatch. I think it's WOW. Um, it has a schedule of all the events. It has maps. Maps for parking. It's an, it's an amazing app. So. so that is this weekend. Yes, both Saturday and Sunday. Um, we also have the Utah Arts Festival, oh, which yes. we talked about. We talked about episode. last week, yeah. Um, the Young Dubliners are going to be there on Thursday. I'm wow, so, that's fantastic. And it's free on Thursday. Wow, well, that's right. Wow. Three days, yeah, yes. Thursday's free. Go. Uh, it's it's the, if you if you haven't ever been, it's amazing. But it is packed. It is really busy. Go Thursday. Go for free. If you like it, go back the next two days. Buy stuff. Support the local artists. The food is great. I know last year they had an entire section of one of the streets with just food vendors. I think they'll do that again this year. A lot of the local trucks, uh, Waffle Love, and that's just the first one that comes to mind, but they had a whole bunch from there because they're cool. They had a whole bunch of there plus other uh, vendors, tons of food, drinks, beverages, and then the art, and then shows. There's kids shows. There's uh, usually the kids pavilion where they've got kids activities, and that's usually free. Um, I know in the past they've done like chalk art for the kids, and and I think one year they had a tractor that the kids got to paint. Anyway, it, all kinds of stuff for families. Bree said they're bringing in some really cool sculptures. Uh, her office is just right by where they do the arts festival, and they seem to be bringing in some really cool stuff for it this year. So. Uh, really, take some time to go down there Thursday. It doesn't cost you anything other than to so, drive down there. For those that don't know, Jess, where is it at? Downtown. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, at the it's, City Hall. <laughs> yeah, it's like Library Square. 
And all in between there, they've got that all... All that old courthouse yeah. there. I don't remember what the name of it is. Beautiful architecture. Mm -hmm. the, the beautiful library. They kind of cordon off a couple of blocks and do all the open green space there on those so, blocks. State Just Street, First East. Be aware yeah. parking is a bit of a pain. Yeah, take tracks. So, yeah. Really, that's, that's the best advice that I can give you. I don't normally advocate tracks or public transit in Utah because it sucks. But for things like this downtown during the day that aren't late hours, go to a park and ride lot, hop on the train. It's a quick one shot right downtown. And it gets off right there. And yeah. it gets off at Library Station. Yeah. So Sunday you, parking is also free downtown. So park on a side street and walk and look and see what is in our neighborhoods. But just be aware that you're not going to pull right up and hop out. You're going to, if you, if you drive, you're going to park okay, a few but, blocks away. Yeah. So keep that in mind if you got the kids. The dogs. Remember that uh, Fifth South is a one-way street. Fifth South, <laughs> one way. <laughs> yes. And that uh, Fourth South has tracks on it, so. Let's not park there. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's not plan driving. Uh, do you have an event this week? Is it home? Well, we do. So soccer-wise, there's actually a game uh, tonight, the 22nd, uh, a home game. Tonight's um, the 21st. I'm sorry to break it to you. Tonight is the 21st, but our friends that are listening hopefully will know Wednesday. Tomorrow. Oh, right. So Wednesday the 22nd, there is a home game. Uh, the Saturday's game is actually away, though. Um, but there is another game on Tuesday next week. It's the second uh, game for the U.S. Open Cup that RSL is involved in. They'll be facing the Seattle Sounders at home. Is that, that's here. That is here at uh, Rio Tinto Stadium. Um, should be a fun game. Um, if you haven't gone, go. Go to a game. Take the family. There. There's a family section. Yeah, we talked or about that. Or anybody that feels like they need to, you know. If you don't want beer in your section, there's a whole section for you there. Uh, I know tomorrow's or tonight's game is almost sold out. Um, but usually the U.S. Open Cup games are a little bit cheaper, especially the earlier rounds like this. A little bit easier to get tickets to uh, and a little bit more cost effective, especially for families. So certainly uh, try and pick up tickets for Tuesday's game if, if, uh, uh, if not that next weekend. Uh, the, the game the weekend after will include fireworks, but we'll probably talk about that next week. Okay, um, I think that's it for... Well, last, last thing on the event calendar, oh. uh, next week coming up, the uh, 28th, uh, which is actually just a, a week away, uh, is the deadline to register for primaries. Oh, that's right. If you've already registered, chances are you got a mail-in ballot for your primaries. Uh, most districts only had one or two possible primaries uh, still up for election. We had the caucus one. But I voted anyway. I would like to go on record as saying. Well, definitely. You need to get out and vote, folks. Um, it, your vote does count. Your vote does make a difference. Well, especially in the local primaries. It's very obvious that your voice makes a difference. Yeah, the, the local primaries, um, you know, even the state primaries, is a very big deal. Um, being able to vote for these people and, and see them challenge incumbents. Uh, in fact, your vote may even count for more this year. Uh, as we kind of move into to news, um, there are some folks out there that think Utah could become a potential battleground state. Uh, MSNBC actually reported, I think, uh, the Rachel Maddow show. Um, that Utah, Utah potentially could be a battleground state for the presidential race this year. Which sounds odd, and any of you who are aware of Utah and the voting in Utah 
would think. What? That doesn't make sense. Utah is about as red as it gets. We have a Republican governor, a Republican-controlled Senate and House. Well, and Utah has voted Republican in 15 of the last 16 presidential elections. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a lot of time. That's, I mean, that's, that's 60, years. 70-plus yeah. years. So... What's interesting about this particular election cycle, uh, in the primaries or the caucuses, Trump came in a distant third uh, to the other Republican candidates. Uh, people, he, only had four, he only had 14% of the votes in Utah. Yeah, I mean, so just, like, is, just yeah. demolished in a state that's extremely conservative. Uh, they just really don't like Trump. Uh, a lot of it stems from his outlandish views. Uh, and our religious base uh, of Mormonism. I quote from the article, Mr. Trump is an unabashed adulterer who has posed for Playboy covers. <laughs> it, goes on, it goes on to talk about how Mormons really draw inspiration from you know family uh, and from having a wholesome lifestyle and Trump and his 16 million ex-wives and really weird family ties just don't match up with that. However, I guess if we really wanted to go down that road with Mormons and wives and crazy families, but we won't go there tonight. <laughs> well, and there's there's solid data to back this up. Aside from just the primary election, there have been a lot of polls. Um, so we have two in the state of Utah, if you don't know, two competing newspapers that until recently were owned by the same company. Uh, the Salt Lake Tribune and the Deseret News, they both had polls that went out um, the Deseret News a little bit longer ago, but um, they had a poll that was showing Clinton with a narrow lead over Trump in a potential general election. Uh, and then the latest poll, which was conducted by Survey USA for the Tribune, uh, came out uh, just uh, a few days ago. Um, the 21st, I believe, so uh, yes. No, the 12th, the 12th, sorry. The 12th. Yeah, the 12th, 12th. Um, actually shows Clinton and Trump pretty much tied at 35%. Uh, Gary Johnson, who's a libertarian candidate and freaking insane, uh, <laughs> he's got 13% support. So Go the fact Gary! That the he's the most sane libertarian, though, that I've seen. Yeah, let's not get into their convention. It's just a wild shit show over there. <laughs> uh, so it's your vote's super important. Get out and vote in the general election, and don't let it stop there. Continue into the midterms. Vote for your local offices. Um, your vote may actually result in us having 16 out of the last 18 presidential elections go Democratic in the state of Utah. So well, super important. You know, as I, as I always maintain, if you don't vote, you don't have a voice. If you don't vote, you have no you have no voice in anything. You can't you can't complain. You can't say anything. If you didn't vote, now just just because you voted and who you voted for didn't get elected, at least you voted. Exactly. You voiced your opinion. Exactly. You became part of the process and started, instead of part of the problem. Not voting, abstaining from voting doesn't change the system. Voting for local officials is what will eventually get the system changed. Or like, like my dear late grandparents, my grandma voted Republican, my grandpa, grandpa voted Democrat, so they said, well, we don't vote because we just cancel each other out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the way to look at it. <laughs> um. So kind of on the political front, but but really more on just the overall world front. Uh, we didn't get a chance. We do record sometimes a couple episodes in one night. Um, and last time we talked, uh, we didn't have the chance to talk about what happened in Orlando um, just about a week ago. 
So for those of you that are living inside of a uh, small <laughs> box somewhere... First of all, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you found us, to be honest with you. But there was a horrific incident in Orlando, Florida at a gay nightclub. Uh, Utah, as, as we've said already uh, in our many, many, many episodes uh, <laughs> of three that count before this, Utah is very, very anti-gay in a lot of ways. We do have a tremendous LGBT community here. We do. Um, it's amazing. Our Pride Festival is, is always fantastic, but at the end of the day, you know, we're responsible for a lot of legislation, um, funding potential lobbying campaigns in other states um, for anti-gay legislation. <coughs> Yeah, Proposition 8's a, a prime example. It came out of Utah. Um, so it was really surprising, uh, not just to Utah, but really kind of to the U.S. and to the world when uh, Governor Spencer Cox held a speech, held a press conference, and really spoke about his feelings about, uh, about dealing with, with gay people, with the LGBT community. When do you guys want to read it? Yes. I, I think it's worth reading in its full because it's really quite it's, moving. It's short, but it's good. Um, so his speech, first of all, got nationwide attention. And by nationwide attention, even Hillary Clinton tweeted um, some of the things that he said. Um, this dude is, he's a, a pretty awesome, pretty awesome guy. Um, he unfortunately has to be behind somebody that isn't that awesome. Um, <laughs> so, um, Spencer Cox said there are two questions that everyone should answer. How did you feel when you heard that 49 people had been gunned down? I don't know if I can read this guy, sorry. I a self-proclaimed terrorist. That's the easy question. Here's the hard one. Did that feeling change when you found out the shooting was at a gay bar? at 2 a.m. in the morning. If that feeling changed, then we're doing something wrong. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. That totally speaks for itself. Um, he did continue, and he said, Today we need fewer Republicans and fewer Democrats and more Americans. And that's so true. Especially especially on an issue like this, there, there, there shouldn't be political sides to deal with this. This is an American issue. This is a world's issue, but we need to deal with this as Americans, not as Republicans or Democrats or politicians in general. Well, and I, I, I think, you know, at the heart of what he said, um, you know, just adding those two details that it was at a gay bar at 2 a.m., if that changes your feelings about what happened, you need to really look at yourself and look at what you value. Is it human life? Right. You know, is it is it humanity as a whole? Is it fellow citizens? Um, or do you think people are lesser and less deserving? Because that was there's another time in American history where people were thought of as lessers, as three fifths of a person, I believe. Yes. Uh, and as property. Um, and not that long ago. And you know, a lot of people make that comparison. A lot of people complain about that comparison. But a lot of the trials and tribulations of, of what African Americans and what minorities in this country have gone through are what the LGBT community is going through right now in this country. Um, they are thought of differently. 
Um, you know, if you cross someone in the mall and you think that they're a little bit different, um, do you think anything about that? You know, do you think, hey, this this person's weird. I don't want to engage with them. I don't want to talk to them. Or are you still willing to strike up a conversation or answer a question uh, or give them directions? It goes back to seeing people as people, not as labels. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the most frustrating things about this is, I mean, it's still under investigation, but to think that somebody did this out of their own, essentially their own self-loathing of who they were. I mean, ISIS aside and whatever phone calls were made, you know, it was just self-loathing. And unfortunately, a hundred people had to suffer and more because families and friends and the whole entire nation and world. Well, and the reality is, you know, even, even with ISIS not aside, so this guy looked at ISIL videos. This guy, you know had some ties to, to ISIS or ISIL, um, it's because he was searching for something to make him feel better about himself. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, if you're in a world where your lifestyle choice is extremely frowned upon and there really shouldn't be anything wrong with it, you're going to search for belonging. Right. You're going to search for that, that need of family, for that need of, of direction. And I, I think that's a lot of what was going on with this kid. The other side of this issue is gun control. And I wholly support the Second Amendment and our right to own weapons, to own guns. What I don't support personally is the right for us to own guns that have one sole purpose. Right. And that is to mow down other human beings. Assault rifles have no other purpose in this world. They were designed specifically to kill people at a mass level. They were designed by the military. You know, by the military, for the military. Yeah, and the right to bear arms, you know, that was in a time where... <laughs> I like to use Jim Jeffries, his, his, his stand-up, uh, I think it's called Barely Naked. You know, he talks about this for a while, and he said, you know, the, the right to bear arms was in a time when we had muskets. <laughs> You know, muskets take a while to load, take a while to fire, and usually by the time you get to that point, you've cooled off. Right. You know? Now, in the days of a handgun, of an assault rifle, that anger swells up, there's no chance to cool off. It's a trigger pull. And then another one. And before you know it, there's 30 rounds gone in a minute. Right. Um, So. The what? Well, a lot of people make the the argument that we need them in case our government decides to, you know, begin attacking us and become, um, I, I don't, I don't know the words that I'm, I can't think of the words I'm looking for, but basically to protect ourselves, to protect yeah, ourselves from the government. Yeah, but what in that same stand-up comedy routine, he brings up the fact the government has drones now. I mean, there are. Yeah. Your your, your gun, assault rifle is not going to protect you from a drone. Ask the people in Afghanistan how much an assault rifle or even a rocket-propelled grenade helps against a drone that's flying, you know, at the top level of the atmosphere and dropping bombs on you. Or a tank. You know, or we have tanks and we have jets. A cruise missile coming out of the middle of the ocean on a nuclear sub. You know, your your ability to fight back with guns against the government 
it's it's gone at this point. This is a different world we live in than than we did in the 1700s. So I think that's enough about that. Yeah. Um, on to a lighter subject. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the tears. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's it, it warrants tears. You know, I, I will say I, one more thing. I'm just really quick. That that morning, I woke up early, um, like five or six in the morning, to get ready to go um, prep for our local drag brunch that I cook at. And the number was only at 25, which only. still sucked. Yeah, only. It's so sad that nowadays we think in terms like that. Yeah. You don't even think about it anymore. And we had a moment of silence, and um, we had a little bit of different mood because of some stuff that happened over Pride. Um, but um, when we all left, we all found out that the numbers had increased greatly. And, I mean, it was only within hours. And I was the one that did the head count. There were 109 people in that club that I was in just hours after. It could, it could have happened anywhere, you know, and it, it just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there have been a lot of moving tributes to it. Um, this weekend, Orlando actually had a, uh, Orlando has an MLS team, and they had a home soccer game, and they did a really long tribute. They actually stopped play in the 49th minute to observe um, 49 seconds of silence. The stadium was dead quiet. They had 49 seats uh, with rainbow balloons tied to them that were empty. Uh, it, was, it was really moving. You can go see it on the MLS soccer website if, if you really want to go look at something like that. So, Cool. All right. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a palate cleanser of beer. Beer. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the things Utah is um, really quite... Uh, I guess kind of famous for in a sense. We have a lot of local breweries. We have a uh, lot of very, very good local breweries. Because of our liquor laws and, and the requirements of a 3.2% alcohol by volume uh, to be sold in anything other than a state-run liquor store and for any price other than eye gouging, um, a lot of local breweries now exist in the state of Utah uh, that produce beers at that level. They produce other beers as well. Um, a lot of them get national publicity. Oh, a lot of great national awards. So, yeah. One area of Utah that's been devoid of its own brewery for, I don't even know how long. Oh, it's like 130-something uh, <laughs> odd years. Is, is Utah County, and those of us in Utah lovingly refer to it as Happy Valley. It is vastly Mormon. You know, it's 90-plus. It's well, it's 90 BYU, plus. the Mormon schools like yeah, located. Yeah, Utah Valley University, which is like BYU minor. Um, you liked. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all located down there. It's where Provo and Orem are. Um, so, yeah, so the last brewery in Provo began operation in 1873, but was closed shortly after in 1877. After a fire, which happens a lot at distilleries, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, 150 years almost? Just shy of 150 years ago. Since they've had a brewery down there, prohibition. That's that's crazy. That's pre-prohibition days. Yeah. Um, so Strap Tank Brewing Company are taking the reins. That they are the brave soldiers who have decided that they are going to be the first ones in decades to open a brewery in Happy Valley. And we here at the New Utah Podcast could not be more excited. Yeah, I love breweries. I love going down to eat at them. I love tasting their beers. Um, obviously, the uh, beer sampling is kind of a pain in the butt in Utah uh, yeah. these days, but it uh, can still be accomplished. Um, 
So they're managing to get it. Uh, it's been delayed a bit. Um, I think it got delayed a, at least a full month at this point. Right. Um, as of today, they still don't technically have their um, manufacturing license. They've been open, though, for about a month. Yes, uh, June 11th was their grand opening, uh, and they were able to open on the 30th. However, it says they're able to serve food, beers available on tap, but it has to be from other breweries at the moment. Yeah, so a little disappointing they can't produce their own beer yet, but it's coming. It sounds like it's a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, the brewery is supposed to be really cool, so um, Strap Tank is designed to look like an like like the original Harley Davidson manufacturing yeah. plant. And a Strap Tank, by the way, for those of you who want to know, uh, is a type of uh, Harley Davidson motorcycle, and there are only three of them still in existence. So that's what it's referring to as a type of motorcycle. Yeah, it's definitely an homage to Harley-Davidson, to Motorcycle. Um, it sounds like some really cool stuff. Um, the uh, One of the consul uh, consultants for Strap Tank actually was involved with Squatters um, for quite some time, Jennifer Talley. So if you've ever been to Squatters, Squatters is a fantastic brew pub. It's one of my favorite places to eat in Salt Lake. Uh, and they, of course, produce the best beer, I think, uh, brewing-wise. It's just fantastic stuff. Squatters, so. Wasatch, you went to all wonderful breweries here in Utah. Absolutely. Local. Absolutely. Uh, another little story this week. Um, for those of you that don't know, Utah is home of the Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Mormon religion is based here out of Utah. Um, this is their Zion, so to speak. Um and from time to time, we have little stories that pop up about the missionaries they send all over the world. Uh, when you turn 18 now, right? In the boy, same, you know, boy eight, 18, girl 19. Boy 18, and girl 19. 19. used to be yeah. 21, but yeah, it's changed. It used to be younger. Uh, you are called on a mission by God and the prophets and some higher power, uh, if that's what you believe. Well, yeah. Well, me and the Lord, we got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's the first time 18-year-old kids going out into the world, and they go out into the world, you know, unabashed. They have some training. They learn other languages. Um, Utah actually has a, a, a huge um, group of, of call centers and a lot of international oh, yeah. languages as a result because they come back home. What else are they going to do with that Bangladeshi language that they speak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I'm an international <laughs> business major. Isn't that what they all do? And then marry their Asian yeah, counterpart? Yeah, yeah they, they come back at the age of 20, get their business degree for BYU. their MLM. Yep. Or go, go on, on Kickstarter. Yeah, start a company like Velks. Go on Kickstarter to promote it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like I said, from time to time they go out. They make mistakes. They're kids. They're 18, 19 years old. Let's think um, about what you were doing when you were 18 or 19 years old. Uh, I was doing a bunch of things that a Mormon wouldn't dream of. I was following a band around the country, so... Yeah! yeah. <laughs> um, so our, our, our... Let's see. Our article here comes from... From the Mexican state of Chihuahua. Yeah, so four Mormon missionaries uh, that were serving out in Chihuahua, Mexico... Um, have been relocated after they tried to baptize three boys without parental consent. <laughs> they were nine, uh, let's see, one was nine and two of them 11. 
So, underage. So, take it from a parent's perspective. You find out that these two 18-year-old kids have taken your 11-year-old son, your other 9-year-old son, and maybe their buddy, or maybe they were three friends. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Uh, if I had some 18-year-old guy that I didn't really know taking my three kids... From, from all you know, a cult. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'd be a little upset. I'd be a little worried. Now, the Mormon Church certainly doesn't approve of this. They have rules against it, which is why they have relocated these missionaries. I just find it funny that after breaking something like that, which to me seems like a pretty serious offense, I mean, the people of Chihuahua have no trust in these missionaries anymore. Well, by the way, they were arrested. Yeah. They were taken into police custody. Well, it's essentially kidnapping. (laughs) It's essentially kidnapping, right? But instead of canceling their mission and bringing them back home or maybe having them some serve, you know, no, we're just going to move you somewhere else. You know, people in Chihuahua don't trust you. Let's send you down to, you know, Guatemala. I don't know. It doesn't say where they were sent, but that's a little ridiculous to me that they yeah. they sent them on. So Continue. Yeah, they should have been sent home, one would think. <laughs> All right. Our final... Our final little bit of news for this evening, another lighter note. Uh, just came across this one. Why don't you take the reins? This is light. This is light. This is it's light. Light. <laughs> Well, it's okay, not a cemetery. Okay. It is about Compared a cemetery. Compared to the other <laughs> shit we talked about tonight, this is pretty light. <laughs> it is pretty light. Nobody got kidnapped. No one was shot. The boys got kidnapped. They told me. Oh, 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 oh. Not in the cemetery. <laughs> not that we know of, anyways. <laughs> um, so, Salt Lake City Cemetery is probably one of the coolest places that you will go in downtown Salt Lake. It's very cool. For those who haven't been there, I, I mean, it is worth making a trip to see it. It's, one it's of, nine and a half miles of road. That's a cemetery. <laughs> it's the oldest, if not the oldest, one of, one of, definitely one of the oldest cemeteries in Salt Lake. And it has. Everybody who's everybody in the history of Utah is buried there. So there's politicians, there's religious leaders, there's polygamists, polygamists cultists. <laughs> there, there's but a, that's coming to an end. Yes. Well, yeah, yes and no. Just because maybe they're running out of room. But um, the Salt Lake City Cemetery is trying to just create a plan to make the space more uh, sustainable and enjoyable for future generations. Well, part of the problem is the cemeteries, the good share of its revenue comes off of selling plots. And when you only have 800 left and there's a waiting list for them, they're already basically spoken for. So your Just revenue wait, has a... Uh, waiting for people to die <laughs> uh, and waiting for people to pay you for those 800 spots... 800 spots in a cemetery that's nine miles long is not no, a lot of no. not a lot of space left, not a lot of money left. But it's a very unique space because it's not just used for burial. People birdwatch. It has amazing views over the valley. Um, because of those nine and a half miles, it's great for walking. Um, people just walk around and look at the stones and the art that's throughout the cemetery. A lot, lot of really good artwork and a lot of really good decoration goes into some of the statuary and stuff. Well, there's all there. kinds of, if, if you're into it, there's all kinds of paranormal stuff. There's there's uh, Nemo's grave there. That's a whole episode in and of its own. There's uh, one grave marker that says Victim of the Beast 666. I mean, so there's all kinds of like really cool stuff wandering around this cemetery that you can see. 
I mean, all, you can spend the whole day there wandering around and looking at all kinds of interesting stuff. There's the there's the Japanese section, the Chinese section, and all the headstones are written in Japanese. There's uh, the Catholic section. There's the, the Catholic section. The ca- there's a Jewish. Well, in Utah, yeah. there's a kind yeah. of small yeah. Catholic section. There's a, there's a Jewish <laughs> well, section of the cemetery. Cemetery. It's, it's in not Calvary Cemetery. It's in the cemetery, but, but not of it. Yeah, yeah, you don't. <laughs> I don't know that there's like a distinction or a specific line, but Mount Calvary Cemetery is a separate cemetery from the city cemetery. And they are they are really what they're trying to do is come up with ways to create revenue streams to maintain the space. Um, they're not trying to make money. They're not trying to yeah, turn right. a profit. It's really turn it into a carnival. So I mean, well, I mean, they are talking about doing things like you know hosting five k fundraisers. I think a five k in the cemetery would be a great idea. I also think that a lot of people might see that as very disrespectful, uh, but it's a great space. It would be a great space to hold a five k as long as it was fairly controlled. Well, start start the five k there. Run like down to the Capitol. I don't know exactly what the mileage is, but but run in the avenues or around that area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, just something in the news. Um, they're really looking for ways to do that. So, if you have a good idea, if you want to donate to the cause, uh, I'm sure there's ways to do that. And that's going to do it for tonight's episode, for uh, episode four of the New Utah Podcast. Um, I, I got to tell you, we don't have an interview tonight. Um, our loyal listener base of, I think, Jeremy's sister... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and my mom. Uh, oh, and, and Jess's mom. So two. We've, we've doubled our listener base we in the last two solid weeks listeners. Um, not including ourselves. We're going to kind of hold off on interviews a little bit. We're going to start doing them some more. But with Josh out and with the holidays coming, uh, holidays, it's like it's Christmas time. It's actually it my is. least favorite time of year. Well, um, it's holidays in Utah for those of you who don't know because... In Utah, there are two fireworks. That is true. There is another holiday. So with that, this will be a good night. Josh isn't here, so get the fuck out of my house.